It's October 14th, 2016. And my friend is frying a fucking egg ten feet away. Uh, who are you? I'm Jesse Cox. <laughs> and I'm Colin Detmar. And this is Bottle Crow, a Dota 2 podcast. Sorry, I'd never done that before. I forgot I was supposed to say my name. Well, that's cool. We'll the important, this the is, important yeah. thing is that, that it got... It, I don't know, that I brought to light the egg the egg frying. Yeah. It's a you're having a real uh I was gonna come up with a pun and I don't have one. It's a it's a situation you're in there. It's an interesting one. It's yeah. And it's an interesting situation we are in as the Dota community because boy has it been a busy couple of weeks, hasn't it? Yeah, we like haven't really put out an episode since the whole since we had to like make a new feed and and kind of like make the Dota, or the Bottle Crow Reborn kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're uh, we're hoping to get back to a pretty regular schedule now. There shouldn't be any any serious impediments to that. But I uh, hope so it's stressing me. It honestly like stresses me out when we try and get a recording in and then it doesn't happen. It's just like another thing that it in my yeah. life that I need. That. Like I stress about if it doesn't work well. You are not the only one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But here we are. We're recording an episode, and we're recording an episode with... Okay, like, we're going to have a lot to talk about this week. We're going to have to talk about the Fall Battle Pass. We're going to have to talk about the Boston Major that was announced. We're going to yep. talk about this whole puppy kerfuffle. Uh, we're going to talk about 6.88E. We're going to talk a little bit about 6.89. And uh, obviously, we're going to have a Lore of the Week and Eggs of the Week for you. But let's start off uh, because you've been participating in the We Like Dota League. Yep, and the Amateur Dota 2 League. Um, right, that too. It's been sick. I think, like, I mentioned a while ago that uh, we were just going to start doing league play, and um, I don't know, I'm playing with guys I really enjoy playing with, and we're, like, crushing it. It's it's an entirely different style of Dota than just playing, like, the solo queue grind mode, and we're good at it. I don't know what to say. Like, we've played... Um, We've played seven league games and four scrims, and we've won like literally every single game. We went into the we went into the uh, the um, battle cup, and that that kind of we lost in the first round there. But um, I don't know. The league plays league plays fucking great. Like everything's going well for us so far. Nice. Yeah, I got to watch one of those games actually as a uh, commentator. Yeah, uh, I think, was, and you did super, super good too. Like multiple yeah. people hit me up afterwards and were like, "That dude needs to come back and do that more often." Yeah, I've I've gotten into the uh, the official group for the We Like Dota League uh, caster stuff, and I'm trying to trying to look into the schedule and start booking some things, um, yeah. so I can start doing some more commentating. I really had a had a good time doing that, and we can get back to that. I'd like to talk a little more, however, about <laughs> like what it's been like being a captain in a in a dota league sure um it's unique uh i don't think i can like compare myself to like a professional dota team captain because there's the whole drama surrounding that and um it's obviously way higher stakes but how much better are you than misery uh not probably not at all (laughs) you're you're so bad at improv that's not that's not what I wanted to hear. Improv. I'm sorry. I'll, next time I'll tell you how good I am. All right. Good. Um, it's cool though. It, like, I, I also mentioned it in a previous podcast that like, 
it's a new thing for me, and I'm also the newest addition to the, those guys. Um, like they've been playing together for a really long time. Um, yeah, and I'm the newest addition, and I kind of have this burden. Not the burden. It's not even a burden because I enjoy it, but I have this responsibility of like learning about each person on my team and how they play. And um, like we play this really, really, really aggressive style where pretty much like our uh, hard carry just kind of. Josh just kind of does his own thing, and then we use we attempt to use our smokes very aggressively, and and like have that pay out for us. Like Josh is just kind of our insurance plan, and um, I don't know positions two through five just kind of attempt to wreck shop in other parts of the map, and I don't know. It's a really fun style of Dota, and I'm like really fortunate to be the captain of a team that has that much fun playing, you know. And we win, so it's even better. Nice. So, like, um, like, do you feel like you're at the point where, like, drafting without even being told, you're thinking like, oh, I know that like this, like, this player is really good with this character, so I can try and be looking out for, you know, like maybe a chance to pick them up. I don't know, a Slark or something, rather like, like less on, than the meta. You're saying on my team or on yeah, the, yeah, yeah. I, I, I feel like I do. Um, I think that that was. Uh, when I kind of signed up to be the captain, it wasn't like I kind of I started out being captain by kind of just saying like I like to draft. Can I do that? And they're like, okay, do you want to just like take on the whole captain responsibility role as well? And I said sure. And when I said that, I kind of knew that I, I mean, I I thought I knew what I was getting into, and um, in that like I need to be aware of everybody's playstyle and how it works together and. Yeah, I think I, I think right now I have a pretty good idea of where everybody's at and like heroes that they're good at and um, who works the best together, et cetera, et cetera. And I don't know, it's it it wasn't really that difficult for me if I can be honest because we just play really relaxed and we, mm-hmm. I mean, at the time that I signed up, we played a lot and I just had the opportunity to kind of like I don't know, learn about them and. It ended up well. I am curious since you're playing in like it's the difference I guess in in between playing in a league and playing in just a general five stack or at least one of them is that theoretically the enemy teams are kind of I mean like they're predefined you know ahead of the match who you're going to be playing right yep do you do any research we do uh, I think for the we like Dota League we do a little bit less research just because a few of those guys we know personally, or n- not me, but especially uh, one or two of our guys like know a lot of those people in the community. So we don't need to scout as much um, as we do in the amateur Dota 2 league um, because those are obviously people that are from, you know, all really all over the United States and North America. And we just kind of like, I mean, our scouting is kind of um, it's kind of constrained to just looking at Dota buff, but I think we mm-hmm. uh, for the first game, especially the first game that we played, we did a lot of scouting because it was our first game out of either league, and we kind of wanted to start out strong, like start that start the you know either league off well, and um, we actually like got we two o. I mean, we obviously two o because we haven't lost it, but. Uh, I got a message from the 
captain of the other team afterwards, I was like, GG, and I said GG back to him, and he said, good job scouting, and then that was it. And, like, he, I, was, I didn't know what to say, how to respond. But mm. at the same time, he, the last, like, maybe 7 out of 10 games that he played were Faceless Floyd, so I didn't even need to look at his Dota buff. I just looked at his recent games. Like, okay, we should yeah. maybe ban Faceless Floyd here. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, it's... You know, I, I feel like that's part of... that's I mean, that's certainly part of the game, but I feel like that's part of the fun, right? Like, I feel like... I mean, I haven't played in a league yet myself, but if I did, like, I would expect to see them ban Windranger and Earthshaker against me. Yeah. And I, I, I... Frankly, I'd be kind of honored if they did, you know? Yeah, there's the respect ban. Like, it does feel good to get a respect ban, but it also... It also feels good to be playing against, like, somebody that has a certain style. Because when you go into, like, a solo rank game, then you're like, okay, I have no idea what I should, mm-hmm. what, how I should pick my heroes or what I should do to, like, w- what I should tell my teammates, like, because I don't even know what they pick, you know? And, and, and mm-hmm. this is, like, the polar opposite for both sides, like, both teams, because... Like, now you're playing against, like, you're playing against five people, but you're essentially playing against this or, you know, this organization or this team of people who have a certain style. And I don't know, it it makes it more personal, and it makes the, um, it gives the strategy a lot more depth, and I really enjoy that. Have you considered doing, like, replay analysis once the game, once the, like, <laughs> since you guys are on a winning streak, presumably it is quite possible you'll go very far in this league. Are you thinking when you get to some of the harder stuff, you'll be like, okay, like we got to really take these guys seriously. Let's look at some replays. We definitely look at our replays. Um, our mid, uh, Bredo, he, he streams all of the games that we play, uh, and then we just like take a look at the VODs afterwards. Or like when you casted our game, we looked at the VOD. Um, we looked at the video on YouTube afterwards, and that's super helpful. Um, I think that uh, listen, game... Listen, listen. What? I just want to say, any criticism I had about itemization was just, you know, throwing that out there, making something for the fans. Whatever, (laughs) like, we're 2.5k players, and we're playing in an amateur league, and literally, like, if anyone got their feelings hurt about you commenting on itemization, then they, that's their problem. Sure, sure. I mean, like, to be no one messaged me or anything, but I, I, you know, I watched the video to make sure that the quality was okay and everything, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, I'm being really hard on Puck. <laughs> I mean, we were in the game too. That was a game where we had our VOD from like our from Bredo from our mids perspective. We had um, their uh, hard carry also streamed the game. And so he had his VOD on his, on his Twitch account, and then we had you as like the as like the spectator kind of caster um, perspective, and we all watched like all three perspectives, and it, that shit is so helpful to kind of like understand what our play looks like from the other side, especially because we run such an aggressive strategy that we really mm-hmm. got a good look of like how to better do that because we now have like a better understanding of how it looks from the other side, which is, it was really interesting and like really helpful for our next games. For sure. Yeah. That's, that sounds, that sounds really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so 
Yeah, that was my first time uh, casting, and I had a I had a grand time, and apparently I I did okay. So I'm going to be looking to do more of that, and also, I'm going to extend an invitation to our listeners. Uh, my personal email account is cadetmar at gmail dot com. That's c a d e t t m a r at gmail dot com. If you have a really cool match. And you want me to commentate a replay? I have no guarantees for you, but if you send me a match ID, I'll take a look. Damn, dude, this is where Bottle Crow. This is where we break, you know. <laughs> this is where we get um, into the the main uh, the main stage, dude. That would be special, but I I doubt it. Uh, I don't know. It was just it was really like, boy, I need to work on my camera work, right? That's the camera work was the biggest problem. Um, but the commentary, so I think a lot of amateur casters have the issue of like ha- coming up with shit to talk about when there's, because Dota has a lot of downtime, especially, you know, certain games where there's not a lot of kills and there's not a lot going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but you like pretty much constantly talking, which sounds, I mean, at face, face value kind of sounds obnoxious or excessive, but in the Dota match, I think it's really, really, really good. And there was just an... I thought it was good. Like, I thought it was noticeably better than a lot of people who, like, frequently cast themselves, so... I really appreciate that. And yeah, like, I mean, you guys had a... Thank you. <laughs> you guys had a good, exciting match, but also, like, I mean, at any given time, there were nine things I wanted to talk about. I don't know how it's possible to run out of things to talk about. I guess part of it's just that I love Go- Dota so goddamn much. And uh-huh. There's just so much to talk about. Uh, yeah. yeah, I that was that was great, and I'm looking forward to doing more of it. I hope you do, man. I hope like we can get you to cast more of our games because just having a, also having a good caster's perspective is really helpful too because you have that whole kind of like you get the um, the vision of both teams, which is cool. mm-hmm. and also I mean you know you only only in the watching the replay only so much value is to the the casters like commentary but like there is a perspective of like of when you're in it not being able to see the forest for the trees right yeah of like like there's a like i've seen matches or i've watched replays of mine where like watching the replay with you know as you say with all perspective and being like why did i do that it seemed like such a good idea at the time but it makes no sense yeah you know so. I, I really like watching my replays, especially with, um, I think as a captain, one of the more uh, helpful things that I get out of watching our VODs is our team chat. And like we had a problem, I should have brought this up earlier, I think when I was talking about being a captain, but one of our players, uh, our offlaner is, is like generally more soft-spoken than the rest of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, I don't know, he just occasionally feels like we don't hear him and honestly occasionally we don't because he just has a, a softer voice and i mean it took uh i don't know just hearing our team chat like gives you a better idea of like secondhand kind of getting an idea of how much we're paying attention to each person because especially for an aggressive lineup we don't want to give a lot of room to their hard carry and take it late because really kind of our our hard carry is just an insurance plan and we want to win we want to dominate early and um hmm. 
yeah, if we're not paying attention to somebody, that's a problem, especially if it's the offlane. And he honestly is probably more knowledgeable at the game than I am, and I should be listening to everybody. So I don't know. You know what I'm saying though? Like getting the yeah. getting the team speak like Discord channel, um, it being able to listen to that secondhand is super helpful. Yeah. No, I can totally I can totally see how that'd be the case. Um, and and when you beat somebody and you listen to their like team chat and you know that there's like a team wipe coming up and you're like oh this is gonna be good and then you just hear everybody on their team go oh (laughs) (laughs) Oh, i wish i could have heard that i had a game uh last night which in which i sent i set my all-time records for hero damage and tower damage (laughs) um because i played a wind ranger and it went late yeah yeah um and like i don't I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to feel myself too much on air. That's a bad look, right? But like, their troll had slightly higher farm than me the entire game, because Wind Ranger is not the world's greatest farmer. And there was one point near the end where he one v one me with an Aegis, and I mm. killed him both times no problem, and then took his racks. And yeah. I was just, I was just like, man, I'm good at this hero. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I. uh times like that like the only reason we actually won that game is because i was playing with emily who's yeah yeah, not on this episode but um i was playing with emily she was playing omni knight and we were just losing towers and she she stalled the game with our i'm not gonna say feeding teammates but let's say not not rocking it teammates right sure they weren't rocking it and with omni knight she was able to stall the game until i was relevant yeah. And it's like, man, imagine if I had four people to count on instead of just one. Yeah. <sighs> one of these days. Play league games, man. That's how it goes. It depend on everybody. We have such like a good unspoken understanding that, like, I mean, sometimes it's even a spoken understanding, but there's just like this kind of, um, <coughs> this kind of like, dare I say, bond between us where i just know that like sometimes we do unexpected shit but it's usually because we expect that the the rest of the team will be there to back us up occasionally it's Mm. a bad decision but most of the time we create enough chaos to come out on top and i can hopefully i pick the right heroes to benefit from that chaos Mm -hmm. yeah i mean the the dota trust fall is the scariest trust fall but when it works it's the most amazing one yeah i would just say get a league team you need to stop saying League because oh, yeah. I've been watching League of Legends recently and I just, I keep... This is where <laughs> I go, like, wash my car and, like, do, <laughs> do my laundry while you talk about League of Legends because I don't know a well, damn thing. Well, listen, like, I'm I'm going to keep it in Dota terms, right? Like, okay. I'm this is, this is, this is Bottle Crow. This isn't fucking Potion Recall. I don't even know what the hell you'd call it in that dumb game. Listen. Good try, um, Excellent. Uh, uh, Anyway, I've been watching their uh, their worlds, sort of their world championship series, right? Mm -hmm. And I have tried to watch League of Legends before because, of course, it was the game I started with. I started in the mobile world with, and I couldn't do it because it was too fucking boring, right? I guess I don't know. I've never played it. And it's watching it that was my problem. Yeah, as I was just like, this is just like boring dota and i still have a lot of the problems i had before Mm -hmm. but like 
I feel like in the last few years, their hero design has gotten so crazy that it's interesting, even though some of the broad strokes I don't like as much. Like, Just like the, the model design? No, like hero abilities are oh, okay. so nuts. There's like, there's a guy they just released who is a jungler who doesn't farm the jungle the way you think he does. He doesn't attack jungle camps. He plants a seed and it grows into a tree and then he gets money. Okay. It's just, what? There's a guy who's like... Don't tell Don't tell the people who play Le- like jungle Legion Commander that. Just don't <laughs> tell them. Oh no. Or do tell them because they'll get the fuck out of my games or they or they'll just misunderstand what i'm saying and start planting iron branch trees in every jungle camp Ooh. uh but like also there's a guy who like they have a couple of characters in that game who are snipers and the newest one like has to manually aim his shots into fog of war and he gets like you get this big like on the enemy team you get this like oh you're in the large cone of his vision for shooting but he's shooting at a fog of war. He can't see where he's shooting. He gets vision as he fires, and he gets three shots. And it's really cool watching how that, that plays out. Is like, like often they land the first shot, and the second shot goes wide because they guessed wrong on where they were going to pass. And yeah. based on that knowledge, they land the third, you know? Mm-hmm. That's kind of cool. That's like, I don't know, I, I enjoy skill shot stuff generally because it's exciting. But... The problems I have that remain are before the creeps spawn, there's still fucking nothing to do. Yeah. There's no level one runes or anything. If you want to, you can go and try and murder someone for no real reason. Yeah. And probably get killed. Do people do that? Sometimes. Mostly they just wait their wait for things to start. Yeah. Because it's like it just such a gamble. Predictable, you know? like if, yeah. If you have the lineup for it, then the other team would just be like, okay, we're going to hide now. Totally. Totally. And that's very doable in League. Um, and also just, like, it's it's amazing how, one, like, the lack of denies makes laning so much less interesting. It's like, all you can do is harass. You can't deny. You can, you can get last hits, or you can harass. You can't yeah. do anything else. And... Also, just the general lack of mobility. And I always talk about, like, the lack of, like, a blink dagger, right? Mm-hmm. But it's also, like, the lack of a TP. Like, unless you take it as one of your two special things, which has a five-minute cooldown, you can't TP to your tower. It just and it, it just sounds like very high stakes, I guess. But then as it, soon as there are no stakes to be had, then it just sounds boring. Right, like, it's really high stakes, like, forcing someone to go back kind of, except for they regen up way faster than we do. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, that's the only way to buy items, because no courier. Um, but, like, it's also a situation where, like, okay, like, you force me back, and now you just get to do whatever you want, and, like, there's no... If you harass someone out of lane, you're not scared anymore, and you're not uncertain, and then that part of gameplay is boring. Yeah. The bit the bit up to forcing someone out of the lane is interesting, and once they're forced out of the lane, it's super boring. So, I don't know. It's It seems like... It, it really does feel like League is, is properly evolving into a different game. Like, not even... You know, it was always a different game. I'm not... Let's not make stupid statements here. But, like, yeah. 
it feels like it was trying to be, you know, like, this is, like, we got more skill shots, but mostly this is just the more friendly version of Dota. And it's just not that at all anymore. And I, I guess I appreciate that, but I still... I don't know. I still got my problems. But if you want to watch some of this world's... some of this year's world's... It's, it's entertaining, even if you're a Dota watcher. Yeah. I think it would be cool if we have a listener who's, like... <clears throat> I, I think we... You had an episode with Johnny and someone else a while ago about like leaving Dota and why they left and all this. But mm-hmm. if we had a listener now that's like watching Worlds and also has a good um, idea of how to play Dota, like maybe somebody who plays both, I guess, and they wanted to talk mm-hmm. about what the difference is, I think it would be interesting because honestly, I, don't, I really don't know anything about it. Yeah, if you want to write into bottlecrowpodcast at gmail dot com, uh, we'll we'll try and read some of that stuff on air. I, uh, yeah, we got to get some more some more listener questions and stuff on air. That'll be fun. Yeah. Hello, folks. This is Colin. I'm uh, interrupting this podcast in editing very quickly with a discovery I have made. And that discovery is bottlecrowpodcast at gmail.com is busted. That's why we're not getting any of these emails. I thought it was weird. So I created a new account. It's bottlecrowreborn at gmail.com. Send any questions, comments, feedback there. We will absolutely get it. Sorry about that. And uh, back to the episode. Um, but let's talk about the Dota side of the tournament scene for a bit. Let's talk about the Boston Major. Yeah, that's... Uh, okay. I'm stoked as hell, but I can't go. That's fair. Yeah, can you? Oh, right. You Sorry, I forgot that you can go to tournaments. I, no, I absolutely can't. <laughs> like, I, I was like, yeah, of course you can't. You don't have money and you don't can't get the time off. And it's like, oh, wait, no. <laughs> You're not working for Walmart. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one of these days, um, Man, I will be out, not able to go. But I'm super frustrated because, like, it, it kind of looks like the Benaroya Arena to, uh, Arena too. Because you know, it looks it, ridiculously fancy. I know it looks so cool. But, anyways, I don't know. So, what are the details about this? About the Boston Major? What single elimination? Yeah, that's that's the, that's the really big one. Yeah. Uh, how have people react? I'm not on Reddit as much as I should. How have people like reacted to that? I feel like, like I mean, the community writ large is not sure what to think. Yeah, and I think the pros are kind of scared to say something because it's Valve, you know. Mm-hmm. I think, but I mean, like, there are teams that I there are teams I can think of off the top of my head that that just fucks. Mm-hmm. Like. Okay, Navi's going to get immediately eliminated if they manage to get an invite. I don't like, know. See, I disagree because Navi did the best during the international this year. Navi did the best in the group stage when people really didn't know how to react. And then once they had the time to kind of know how Navi was going to play because they played a little bit differently, then that's why they lost in the like that's why they did poorly in the um, bracket stage. They really But there'll still there'll still be group stages. They'll yeah, still get okay. placed. You're right. And you're like right. I about the that. thing, the thing about Navi is that they're really volatile, right? Mm-hmm. They can be really brilliant 
in the big picture, but like moment to moment, they're not reliable. And so a single elimination format for a team that's volatile is just so scary. I don't know. I uh I think I don't know, man. I think like it's not going to make the biggest difference um for the watcher's side. It'll just be a little bit more higher stakes, which is okay, oh man, I might sneeze, sorry. Hmm. No, it, it almost makes it more exciting because it's it, there's more at stake in each game and um I'm not I, well, <coughs> it it gets rid of the best... I mean, I hope they don't have any best of ones, because that would be intense, but... I mean, we don't really have to worry about best of ones, we just have to worry about, like, the single elimination thing, which... I don't know. Uh, we'll see, right? I think it's something that, if it does have large ramifications, then maybe we can't see that right now. Like, maybe that's something that comes up later, so... Well, I guess we'll see. The single elimination, how that pans out... Well, and we're supposed to have two majors this year instead of three, so I think, I mean, like, if you're, I don't think we should read too much into this. Uh-huh. I think it's an experiment, because Valve is very willing to experiment with Dota. Yeah. Um, And we'll see how this one goes. I do think it will probably lead to a better, like, single elimination basically always leads to a better viewer experience, because there are fewer matches and the matches are more important. I just feel like the question is, as a person who's been big into fighting games for for a while, like single elimination can be kind of unfair to the teams. It does it makes the fewer matches you have, the lower the odds are of you getting the person who is like I hate to use this language, but objectively the most skilled team, right? It ups the odds of getting of a, of a surprise fluke upset. Yeah. And that can be really exciting, but that feels kind of unfair to the teams. So I guess we'll see how it plays out. It's very interesting, and I hope I don't know if they'll do it the same way. I don't have strong feelings about that right now, but I hope there's another tournament in Boston next year because maybe next year I'd be able to afford it, and that's not that far away. Yeah, I'd really Um, love to go. Do you think that the international will be in a different country? No, no, I don't think there's. I don't think there's any way you move the international out of Seattle. Yeah, I mean, like it's it's Valve's home. It will always be in Valve's home, you know. Yeah. If, and if I mean, it, I if think it wasn't, that'd be bizarre. But I just think it's that not, they're yeah. giving the East Coast people like the opportunity to go to uh, to go to like a Valve sponsored event, and because I mean, I don't know. It's just so much more expensive for them to go to fly to Seattle for like, you know. East Coast Americans to go to Seattle and watch the international. This is just giving them. A, I I feel like that's what they're doing. It's just giving them a chance to go to a big event. Um, yeah. I mean these these tournaments are called the majors, right? Yeah. Do you think there's a possibility of there being minors of like a year where it's like these are the major tournaments? There's one in every country, and then there are these little tournaments in places like Boston that are still valve sponsored but are not as big a deal so that you can get more like a, a more saturation, you know? It sounds like you're asking if Valve is just going to sponsor every Dota tournament. Cuz right now every. there are well but yeah. I mean more and like I feel like 
I feel like this is a a play, as you say, to get the East Coast sort of more involved. Mm -hmm. But I also think that that's not long-term sustainable because if you have only like four tournaments a year and two of them are in America, the rest of the Dota community is going to be like, what the fuck? Yeah. You know? Yeah, I hear you. Um, I think maybe as Dota becomes, or as esports even becomes like more of a legitimate thing, um, which I'm not saying is illegitimate right now because I fucking love it. But as esports becomes more widespread, I'll say, um, then maybe Valve will push to like kind of come up or spawn a league situation like the MLB or the NFL mm. where they can have more control over where and when games are played because right now I mean there are kind of our majors right with like the Mars TV league or or oh, that one just happened or like the summit or something like that which I or think epicenter yeah I don't know what that is but yeah oh, oh that was a that was a big Russian tournament they did last <laughs> year that was better than the Shanghai major okay but. Didn't watch it. Anyways, oh, it so sh- shit like that, like, it seems like there's a, a good possibility space uh, for them there where they could, like, I mean, it just feels like they're a few million dollars short or a few million viewers short of being able to, like, come up with their own, like, I don't know, N- NFL or NBA kind of thing, you know, mm-hmm. where they have control over everything, essentially. And I don't even sure. think that would be a bad thing if they had control over everything because the the events that they do sponsor are usually a pretty big success. And I don't know. I trust yeah. I trust the Valve if that were to be the case. I mean, I guess like so one of the things, one of the bits of news we have is that six point eight nine was announced for December twelfth, right? As part of this whole Boston major thing. Mm-hmm. I think it was either that or yeah, it was that. And they were like and 6.89, well, they said the next major patch. They didn't say 6.89, but come on. Um, will be released December 12th, 2017. And Is that going to be the Monkey King one? Almost certainly. Yeah. I don't know how the numbering goes. Do they, will it, if they release a new hero, does it become 7.0 or 7.01? It or? could, but it, I mean, like, it hasn't, That that's not how it's worked in the past necessarily, yeah. you know? I can't really comment on that because I don't know how that, like. I mean, like you know, Arc Warden was released and that was six point eight seven, right? Or six point eight six, I think. <laughs> I mean, that wasn't that wasn't a big version update. So, yeah. I mean, it's it's up to what Ice Frog thinks. Really, is Ice Frog makes the call? Is this enough to be this number? And yeah. then he decides based on that, um, seemingly. Well, but the main thing is that that was a level of transparency that I didn't expect from Valve. You know, the new patch. Like right, just being like, it. "Hey, this is hey, this is when this will be." Like they tell us that the new patch will be on Thursday of this week. You know, that's how they do. Yeah. Or in a few hours, and I wonder if Valve is becoming a little more responsible about this stuff. I mean, it gets them. I feel like it's good for them. You know, it's not Absolutely. just like good for the player base i feel like it's good for them as a company because it i mean people who don't play very often or maybe feel like the game is going stale so they take a step back for a little bit 
Like it definitely, I would bet a lot of money that they'll see a player spike as soon as the new patch comes out, and just like advertising them, advertising that in advance gets people more hyped up for it. For sure, but I feel like Valve has has cons- has like has certainly not. They've made decisions in the past that have been bad for their business and just knowingly been what like they've flaked on things that have cost them customers and 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 that's like for them to not do that like yeah of course it makes sense from a business perspective but that hasn't seemed to sway them that much before you know mm-hmm. i i want to think that this is a sign of of greater <laughs> responsibility and consistency from them cuz if we want them to be like like a league right if we want the the major league dota or whatever yeah they're gonna need to be very communicative, very in touch, and very responsible. Yeah, you can't run a league by telling people, "Hey, you've got a game in five days." That doesn't work. Yeah, I so. feel like they can do it. If I'm being honest, like they seem like they're focused enough to do that. It's just from. I mean, I'm I'm only saying that from. Uh, from like having been at the international two years in a row, it is honestly like a very well put together event, um, and I feel like they pay a lot of attention, a lot of attention to Dota. So I feel like they can do it, and that's cool. Yeah, yeah, I I hope so. I feel like the communication has always been the weak point, and if that's turning a corner, then all then you know that's the only thing in their way, as far yeah. as I'm concerned. Um, um, before we move on, um. I, my girlfriend and I might be getting here like pretty much any minute. Um, do you okay. think we could like move on to some ags of the week or stuff like that? And we maybe, could do ags of the week. Maybe sure. I can force this, force my headset onto her head, and you can like have a conversation with somebody who's never played Dota. All right, I'll ask her what she thinks about puppy. Um, she likes so, puppies. Oh boy! Well, that's going to be bad news then, isn't it? Um, so, Ags of the Week. Uh, our Ags of the Week this week is Axe. Um, I got a cool one. I, oh, do you want to go first or do you want to go second? I kind of do. kind of want to go first. Go for it. Go for uh, it. So, my idea is that it kind of when So, okay, it's for his ult, um, which is Calling Blade, if maybe we don't have uh, someone mm-hmm. who plays a lot of Axe where... Yeah, it's it's his dunk. Yeah, he dunks somebody with low health and instantly kills him. It also goes through Dazzle's grave, um, Shallow Grave. So I, my vision is for him to cast on somebody who is within the threshold to dunk them. And there is an AoE effect um, around that dunk. Uh, and everyone affected by that AoE is kind of drawn in towards him. At a, at a at a very slow pace, so, and I think it's just enemies too. So enemies will be drawn in towards the dunk, and the dunk just takes a really long time. So he like has time to like, it's it would be like a fatality in Mortal Kombat where he maybe puts an executioner's mask on or like gloves or something, and like prepares for I don't know two seconds or two and a half seconds or something like that while everybody affected in the AOE is just kind of like forced to be witness to Axe dunking on a dude. <laughs> huh. And and it pulls them towards like sort of 
Well, not they like just vacuum, start like slowly walking toward, you know, like they're just drawn into the spectacle of of the glorious dunk. So it'd be a really powerful CC tool then. Yeah, because then your I team mean, your team's just going to beat on them while they're watching. Ags Ags for a offlaner is a pretty big decision. Sure. No, I'm not. I'm not criticizing. I'm just. I'm just exploring. Yeah. That's interesting. Uh, mine was mine was kind of more of a different direction, like you said, an ags for an offlaner, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, what if I made him a carry with his ags? Two axes is what you're about to say, and I know it. Colin, don't don't say two I'm axes. Not, I'm not Emily. I'm not that guy. Okay, that's her job. That's and fair. She's not here this week. <laughs> I'm the one who has the thoughtful, weird, overpowered ideas. I think maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that's that's ego. But my idea involves his uh, battle hunger, his W, where he casts it on people, and he gains movement speed, and they are slowed and take damage over time. Mm-hmm. And my idea is that is twofold. One, when he does counter helix, his spin attack, everything he hits gets battle hunger. Ooh. And two, when he has agonims, if you have battle hunger on you. He can dunk you if you're below that HP threshold, or if you're below a percentage threshold, like, say, 15% of max HP. Yeah. Something like that. So that it scales. Sure. Because that's Axe's problem, is that he doesn't scale. Yeah. He's he's a he's super great early, his mid-game is terrifying, and then he falls off a cliff. And that's good hero design. But Axe was the first hero I fell in love with, and he should murder everyone. I will mention that mine, if people are drawn in towards him, he has the opportunity to just call them as soon as as soon yeah. as he's done dunking that boy, then he just yeah, has no, a that's, bunch of other boys to fuck with. That's brutal. That yeah. would make him a really terrifying late game initiator. Like If he gets your support, then you're screwed because he's going to get another call off, and then another dunk, and then another call off. It's going to be brutal. Yeah, I think chaining together dunks is pretty sick like it's pretty satisfying maybe like mm-hmm. the aoe thing has a cooldown so you can't just like keep doing that over and over but i don't know i think it's mm. it would be fun like dunking on somebody is already one of those things where it's satisfying and also kind of a spectacle and if you like literally made it an in-game spectacle for like everybody to be forced to watch i think it would be funny so i'm actually going to represent emily's idea since she's not here real quick the two axes no, actually. She, I, she forgot to make that joke. I'm sure she meant to. I'm glad but I actually, it like three times just now. <laughs> You're our new Emily. Yeah. I, I shouldn't have even said that. I feel bad now. Hey, feel tentacles. Bad. Anyway. Am I right? <laughs> anyway. Uh, her idea was that uh, Axe's auto attacks now do a damage over time effect and also reduce healing on the target for a few seconds. That's cool. So, like, so he just any healing it. effect is like 40% of what it would be. Mm-hmm. You just have more chances to dunk people in. Mm-hmm. And also, like, your initiation has a better, like, it's more than just damage. It's also, like, hey, you're you're imper- impeding the team in some way, mm-hmm. you know? So, yeah. It's an interesting idea. I think we should give them all three of them. Sweet. <laughs> all right. Also, well... free rapier. <laughs> Don't be ridiculous. That would be overpowered. Yeah. We're all about balance here. Uh, so our lore of the week is uh, is for Axe as well. And uh, Axe's lore is actually uh, pretty... I like his lore, you know? Mm-hmm. Are you are you familiar with it? 
Uh, vaguely. So, Axe was a grunt in the army of Red Mist. Um, his name was Mogul Khan, which makes it really sound like he was kind of destined for greatness if your name is Khan. But, um, and he decided he wanted to be a general. So he, like, he fought his way up. And, uh, incidentally, because of his fighting style, in the process of earning glory, he accidentally killed a lot of his comrades and, and officers. Uh, to the point that by the time he was a general, basically, like, most of the people on his army had died, and everyone else, ab- like, abandoned because they didn't want to follow a guy who kept killing all of his teammates. So, he is now the Red Mist Army of One. And it's more interesting because he's also had a comic, an official Valve comic, in which he, you know, attacks a castle for, for glory. Um, in which we get to see that he's now being followed around by a bard by the name of Goodkind, who is novelizing everything he does to sell basically as, like, dime store novels. Which is pretty good. Um, I and just, my favorite... I, sorry, haven't, I haven't read it, but it sounds like there would be a lot of dumb one-liners. Oh yeah, there's some good stuff. Axe, uh, Axe comes across smarter than you would think in that comic, but still... Still kind of a dummy. I mean, he um, does say good day, sir. He does. He does. He's a dignified man. Um, and there is a... F- unfortunately, this disproved a fan theory that I had always been fond of, but we're going to talk about it anyway. And there was a, a little-known fan theory that the hero axe is actually literally his axe. Hmm. That the humanoid figure holding it was merely being controlled by the axe who is the overriding will, which is supported by quotes like Axe is Axe, and of course when he's shapeshifted, Axe is not Axe. It, it is a pretty baseless theory, but I always found it charming. That's so, funny, yeah. Yeah. And that's, I'm going to start trying to roll in more than just like their base storyline, because Lore of the Week can be so much more than just reading a little paragraph, right? Yeah. And so I guess to close this episode out, let's talk about Puppy. Oh boy. Can I just say that he is the guy who recruited those Red Bull girls, so classic. That is straight up genius, son. <laughs> at, a, at a fucking nerd convention in Seattle, Washington, you approach Red Bull girls and like say, will you sell our shit? But he's apparently a dickhead. It's So basically, uh, Eternal Envy came out on his blog and said that Puppy was vi- verbally abusive to his pro teammates and threatened to beat them up repeatedly, got in people's faces, smashed monitors, was generally very angry and very aggressive. Um, and also made some accusations about the finances, which frankly, I don't... I'm not going to talk about that because I think he's wrong, right? I think I that... I haven't read he, it. Or I, ha- I did read it, I just don't really remember. Basically, it's like like he hadn't... It took him a while to get money from... It took him a long time to get money from winnings, and it wasn't as much as he has expected... Guys, let me tell you something. Let's let's take Eternal Envy, and he wins a tournament in China, right? So it's a tournament in China, run by a team based out of America, and you are a Canadian citizen. That's three countries. That's three governments trying to take tax out of that money. Mm-hmm. And the process of making them not all take that tax is a fucking pain in the ass. It's a lot of work, it's a lot of negotiating, it's a lot of deals, and it takes time. And I'm not saying for sure that there were no dirty dealings, 
but just because it took you a while to get paid and you didn't get paid as much as you expected does not mean there was foul play. Anyway. Yeah. Um, the accusations about him being a Raider seem pretty legit, though, because there's video evidence and also, like, Misery came out and totally confirmed that, as well as did some other people. S4 has a quote where he said, like, after, when he left Secret, he wasn't willing to say very much. But someone asked him about Puppy, and he said, great captain, terrible person. Yeah. And then there was a quote that came out today when Dendi was streaming. And Dendi said, when he was, on, was he, when he was on Na'vi, he never did any of this stuff. He must just be frustrated. I, mean, I wonder. To like, go from I mean, being like world champion to the team with like... I don't know if... It's probably not the highest turnover rate, but they definitely are up there as being like the team with a notably, you know, like a famously high turnover rate. Mm-hmm. And, and I, must, I can understand his frustration. doesn't give him the excuse to be a dick, but I don't know. And I, I wonder if that's like... I mean, yeah, as you say, like, it's not an excuse. It's, it's an explanation, not an excuse. Um, but also, like, I wonder if it's... I mean, Dendi is a natural charmer, right? Mm-hmm. And I wonder if he's actually just good at keeping that side of puppy tamped down, you know? Yeah, I mean, I can I can imagine that he keeps the mood pretty light, and I don't know. I don't know. I always kind of doubted Puppy's decision making and like always keeping secret, like a different roster, pretty much. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, I, I mean, I I don't I don't think it's unfair to say that as far as like skill and drafting. And in-game calls, over time, over the course of Dota, Puppy is the greatest captain we've ever seen. Maybe. And, I, I mean, it. I really, I was really bummed to hear this. I've always looked up to his play and to hear that as far as personality and treatment of other human beings, he's got a real shitty side, was really disappointing. Yeah. Um... I guess, like, I I am not, I don't want to cover for him. I don't want to excuse him. I don't want to say, like, listen, you know, it's tense. What can you do? But, like, they're but all young. But it's tense? Yeah, but it's tense. What can you do? You know, like, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm not, okay, once again, if you're, if he's an asshole, there's no really, there's no excuse for treating your teammates like that, um, but yeah, it's pretty high stakes, and most of these most of these people are like young adults or late teens. So yeah, it's just keep it keep like it's such yeah. A we're not we're not excusing, but keep in mind the circumstances. Keep in mind that you're playing some in like foreign countries where you don't speak the language for millions of dollars on very little sleep with equipment that's not yours, and like and you're dealing with teammates who like listen. Dota players can be fucking egomaniacs, right? Yeah. And, like, can you imagine, like, I'm about to lose $5 million because this fucking idiot won't admit he's wrong. Like, of course there's no excuse for what he did, but, like, God, that could be so hard. Yeah. I don't know. I, uh... It, it just, it, okay. I wish OG was still what they... I mean, okay, I didn't watch enough of the tournament, the pro tournament that was just... 
Uh, Have Mars Dota League? Yeah, I didn't watch that one. Um, but I don't know how good OG is doing, which I think we should save for another podcast because they're going to go pretty soon. Yeah. But um, with, I don't know. I I just think that, I mean, it, we've said it time and time again on, on um, Bottle Crow that captains need to understand the power of like having a cohesive team and why while like it may time may take time to build up that like cohesiveness and while you may lose some games at first i think that just having that um that like teamwork and that camaraderie is super helpful and honestly i think that's why we do so well my team does so well in our 82l and our we like dota league um games too because we're just like really 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 enjoy playing with each other yeah i i you know it's it's cheesy but like once you get to the level of skill these people are at friendship is the best superpower utilize it make you know make friends with your teammates get along with them get to know them know their flaws know their strengths and take some time please make for yourself Hopefully you can make enough friends to play in, like, organized league games, because that shit is so much more fun than grinding solo queue and... Yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's for everyone. That's for everyone. Make friends. Play Dota with them. Hmm. Play Dota with me. That is the best place to end this podcast. It is. It is. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening. Yeah, thank you, guys. Uh, I gotta apologize for like coughing the whole time. I've been sick, and uh, Shh, I, I'm have gonna. To... I was gonna edit it out. And now okay. they'll know. Edit that oh, out well. too. Hey, thanks for having me, Colin. Great <laughs> podcast. See ya. I'm not editing any of this out. It's too awkward. I have to keep it in. Yeah, man. Oh, okay. Also, right. sorry for my friend cooking an egg. Uh, he doesn't play Dota, and he's also kind of a dick. So sorry about the kind of crackling and shit whatever whatever makes it in the podcast that's my fault um and i will whatever take it, a it is what it is okay so thanks everybody for joining us uh, if you like this podcast you can find us on itunes on google play uh by the time this goes up probably on stitcher you can find us on soundcloud we're fucking everywhere <coughs> uh if you liked it you could give us a rating or review on one of those services that would be great if you like the work that I do, you can go to scanlinemedia.com where I do some writing and some videos and with some friends of mine. And if you want to help the podcast out or that website, you can go to patreon.com slash scanlinemedia and chip in and help us make more stuff. I want to give a big thank you to Reddit user Promoti for use of his Harmonies of New Bloom music pack, which we are using as our intro and outro music. I want to give a thanks to Jesse because this was a great episode. Yeah, and, uh, we always do great episodes, Colin. I love this no, podcast. We don't. No, we don't. Okay, you're right. One time we almost talked about tentacles. Yeah. And I want to thank you, the listener, cuz uh when when we had our difficulties with this with this RSS feed and I was worried about how I was going to keep the podcast alive, the support was unreal. And I'm yeah. just I'm just so fucking grateful. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. We'll see you around. Bye. <laughs>